Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Jordan, what's happening, man? Who we got lined up today? We got a very special guest in the Bro, in the virtual we building. It, though, I hear that crispy mic that you got. I hear that new crispy mic you got. You, oh, you hear oh, us, you y'all? Mean, you mean this we right here? in ourselves so y'all can get quality. You it's know what I mean? Crisp. <laughs> that crispiness. Crispiness. God, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> we should have gave you a warning to turn it down a little bit before he did yeah. that, but it's all good. No, no, no. Matt, <laughs> our audio editor, going to make sure that sounds extra crispy, <laughs> not too peaky. You're testing what him. we need. You're testing him. Today, man, we have uh, Boom. He's an artist, a music executive, and he's the CEO of Authentic Empire Music Group. So he's had two two lives, one as an artist, or, or three. One as an artist, one as an executive, and one as CEO of Authentic Empire Music Group. So for those who've heard the song Swag Surfing, All the Way Turned Up by Roscoe Dash, he uh, helped produce and produced actually those songs. He now works with Euro and Fujiano and, and more artists as, as their label head. So he has a lot of experience as an artist. He has a lot of experience as a label head. And a few things that I liked about this episode was, uh, first, he starts talking about the, the values that he attributes to his success. Um, and that's super exciting and, and super dope to get into. And I think a lot of people will learn from that, too. Um, since he worked with, you know, future Roscoe Dash, I asked him how he even got in the room with them in the first place. And that feeds from his values as well. We kind of you know, are able to connect the dots from that. And lastly, at the, you know, near closer to the end, we talk about creative mentorship. I think on this podcast a lot, we talk about, you know, having a mentor in the music business, making sure that you have a mentor to learn from. Um, but in this episode, we actually talk about what that's like in in creativity and through creative pursuits, having a mentor as an artist. So I think there's a lot to learn from this episode. He's clearly got a lot of game to give us. So what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I think he's kind of has a really good knack for distilling personal development principles within the context of the music industry and true principles of success. Talk a lot about compounding efforts, compounding results and building leverage and compounding effect over time. I think he really loved hearing his story of, the kind of development of Fujiano and the Gucci main cosign and get featured on the 1017 compilation. I think a lot of real interesting stuff there. Um, all in all, I think incredible music business entrepreneur speaks very well to the, 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 the influence that Atlanta has and how important it can be. If you're really trying to make it in the hip hop world, uh, it can be to really make sure you get well connected and plugged in there. Before we jump into this week's episode, though, one last thing. This episode is brought to you by our partners over at Vidya. Um, if you haven't already checked them out, Vidya is an end-to-end music tech platform that provides labels, the infrastructure, and technology to power their business. Um, I think they, they offer global audio, video distribution, rights management, publishing, analytics, detailed revenue, accounting, and more. Yep. They're also a premium partner of leading, leading digital services, such as Spotify, 
Apple, TikTok, Vivo, YouTube, and, and Facebook. So uh, independent music labels drive community and culture. NVIDIA provides the back office tech and infrastructure that they can compete globally. And Boom actually works with NVIDIA. So we get into how he uses NVIDIA to help him compete globally and how he uses NVIDIA to help Authentic Empire Group compete globally. So um, they offer a white label solution for labels looking to have distribution arm in line with their branding and aesthetic. And, you know, NVIDIA delivers. Yeah. For sure. So I do want to encourage you guys to, to apply for Vidya. Um, go to vidya.com slash MBP. That's vydia.com slash MBP. And there you can apply. Um, if you're looking for premier distribution partner for your label, definitely make sure you check them out and request an invite. Without any further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Boom Man, a.k.a. Boom. A.k.a. He's booming. Boom Man, thanks for, thanks for virtually coming out, man. We appreciate it. No problem, no problem. We appreciate the view and the whip too, man. Yeah, yeah, you had to pull <laughs> nice, up on the nice, nice podcast in the Corvette, yeah. bro. I like it. <laughs> on, had to show up. Bosses yeah, only, man. you know. Only for you guys. Yeah, you're too <laughs> kind, bro. You're too kind. You can just mail nice. me the keys and then we'll be good. <laughs> Anytime, man. Anytime is one of 11 cars. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Damn, that was hard as shit. That was one of the hardest intros we ever had to episode. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to get into it, um, speaking of the success you've had, you know, one thing that we like to ask, and we've gotten a lot of different answers for uh, for this question, but it's why I like it so much is, uh, what do you think are three values you attribute to your success today? The number one value with me is is uh, keeping a, a clean face card, like. That's the most important thing, I think, what it is with me and doing business that uh, I maintain a good face card where um, I'm one of them type of people where if you loan me your car, you're going to get it back with a full tank of gas washed. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be clean on the inside, you know, because I'm one of the type of people where if you do something for me, I want you to be able to I want you to beg me Hey, you need something. Like, I'm that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you sure you don't need nothing? So, like, for example, if I ask one of my friends, I say, hey, man, you want to put some money in here? They're like, hell yeah, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? What you need? You know what I'm saying? Because they know with me, it's not going to just be a return. It's going to be a return with profit. And if I don't make it, I'm mm-hmm. going to come out of my pocket and take care of you because I care about my relationships and I care about my face card. So that's that's one of the main uh, values about me. Um, you know, typically everybody's going to say hard work, but I'm going to say... Uh, being a dog at information, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm a dog when it comes to obtaining information. Like, I want to know. I'll pay for the information. Um, I understand, like, a lot of people feel like money is what makes you rich or assets are what makes you rich. Um, I've learned in my experience of the little bit of money I do have, I'm doing pretty, pretty well. Uh, but information is what helps you obtain. because. The thing about it is, it's like uh, if I'm in a buyer's or a seller's market, if I don't know the difference, if I start selling in a buyer's market or buying in a seller's market and don't know the difference, I'm going to lose money. You feel me? Um, or I'm not going to make as much money. Um, it's just a lot of little details with the information. I think uh, that's very, very important. Understanding what's going on, understanding um, the details about what's going on and um, just obtaining knowledge and information. Like I'm big on that. Uh, I read a lot of books. Uh, so I'm big on the information. And, and I guess the last thing is, is like what a value that you want in most people is, is, is honesty. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people 
is big on loyalty. I'm big on loyalty. Uh, but m- more important than loyalty to me is honesty. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't ever want to be in a situation where people feel like they're enslaved. You know, you got people mm-hmm. who are loyal to a fault. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's about your happiness and knowing yourself and knowing what you want out of life. Uh, it's not about being loyal to me and I'm making bad decisions. You feel me? Uh, be honest. I'm not comfortable with this. I want to do something different. Respect. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think I'm, I am I zoo that with everybody uh-huh. that I deal with. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you when something makes me feel good. I'm going to tell you when something doesn't. Um, so, you know, those are the, the values that, that I think, you know, are my most strongest values that I go off of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess to circle back at one thing that you said, being a dog in information, um, I was listening to something about Diddy at some point, and somebody asked, how is he so good at, at starting businesses, essentially, and being good at those businesses? Right. And um, the person that answered the question, I'm not sure if it was him directly or somebody in his circle, but they said he he reads a lot about what he wants to get into. He'll sit, he'll, he'll spend an entire Saturday reading about an entire segment of the market, the market that he wants to get into. So by the time that he joins it, he's like an expert at it. Um, so right. that just kind of like reminded me of, of that as well. He's um, a goat, for sure. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I pray I get to his level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess like my next question kind of goes back to you as like a producer. Um, so, you know, you were able to get into the room and make, and make some really great tracks, you know, with Roscoe Dash, Future, mm-hmm. I guess for aspiring producers, how do you, how do you end up in the room with those people? I mean, obviously maintaining a good face card is probably a lot of it, right? Like making sure that people right. trust you when they bring you to the room with people. But, um, what does that journey kind of look like? Um, uh... I'm from Atlanta. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is uh a lot of it is just culture and um just being around and being a part of the culture and people seeing you do one thing and it leads to something else and then cultivating relationships. Um me and future, the thing with me and future, we grew up next door to each other, literally. Like <laughs> I, I made a post on my Instagram and he's on my Instagram talking about how he ducked on me. You know what I'm saying? In the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall that, but you know what I'm saying? I remember. I don't think he did. Baseball. I don't know. <laughs> I was playing baseball. The other way around. Yeah. yeah. I, nah, I didn't duck on him either, but <laughs> I, I remember playing baseball and uh, I threw a ball and he hit it and he hit me in the eye. I got a black eye from hitting the base, from, from playing baseball. I remember stuff like that, freestyling in the backyard. But uh, the Roscoe Dashes come from. Uh, I signed a producer, K on the track, uh, which produced the Swag Serpent, um, all the way turned up, Future Magic, uh, Tamar Brass in the One, Lecrae, I'm turned. Like, you know, we, we, we did a lot of stuff together. Um, and, they, and as you compound, it's compounding. It's like, mm-hmm. if you ever read that book, The Compound Effect, you know what I'm saying? Great book, by the way. Everybody should read that. I think his name is, uh, uh, Hardy. Um, don't quote me. I want to say Daniel Hardy, but Darren Hardy. Uh, Just go Darren it. Hardy. Darren Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> I, too many authors. <laughs> I try to remember. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really like compounding. Really, it's like doing one thing and one relationship builds to another, and you keep compounding. You build some momentum. You have some success, and people start speaking on your name. Kind of like how I got here. I'm just compounding it, and I'm manifesting my uh my reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I love that. And there's some some serious truth to that because I think a lot of people get in the game and they're just expecting this very like quick ascent when in reality it's this like slow grow and then you just start to see you it's just, like a stock market chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly for sure. Thousand percent. Yeah. It's yeah. um, awesome. I mean, Atlanta too is such a special place for hip hop and culture and the right. global influence it has. Like every like hot sound is like starting in Atlanta. Like it's a right. uh, it's crazy. I mean, when you think about um, why do you think it's become so influential? I think it's 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 hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the weather is great. Uh, the women are beautiful. It's cultural. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's not too far from the beaches. Um, you know, I think for our culture in hip hop, um, you know, the birthplace of Martin Luther King, uh, Coretta Scott, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of history and it's a lot of culture in Atlanta. And it's one of the few cities uh, where black people are really successful. You have black mayors, black police chiefs, uh, black fire chiefs, where it's in the, predominantly in the South, where mm. you go outside of Atlanta, it's really racial. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's really tense. Um, and so when you know you come to Atlanta, it's your own people. It's the only place that I know that I can go and I feel, hey, man, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could start a business and not worry about the politics of, of racial injustices and things of that nature. I think that's the reason for it. You could really go out there and create and be around the culture of people that's kind of embedded in the hip-hop community that started it, where in New York, it's probably really political. You know, uh, it's, it's big. Either you're really big or you're really small. Uh, and you, it's one of the places where you can really go and live a dream. I always say Atlanta is the place where people come and they can get, um, they can start. You know, New York is the place where you get known. Mm-hmm. You feel me? If you're not known in New York, you're not known at all. New York mm-hmm. is like the capital. You know, it's the mecca of hip hop. It started there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but Atlanta is like the training ground where you can go and actually build some relationships and cultivate some and kind of ascend. So I think the culture, because of black people and who we are as a culture, I think that's what makes Atlanta so great because of all the history there and 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 the fact that you can really be yourself and live and not worry about a lot of the pressures of your color and your race and, and who you are. You can smoke your weed and wear your pants a certain type of way and not be judged. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can put your color your hair. You could do that in New York as well, but I'm talking about as far as for black people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's powerful and it just gives creative expression without hesitance and, and just full confidence right. and belief. In that same vein, like as an artist or a manager, industry professionals that are, are looking to like make moves in the world of hip hop, like how important do you feel it is to like go down and spend time in Atlanta and really get like plugged out there? I know there's definitely like pockets of hip hop everywhere, but mm-hmm. do you feel like if, if for the people that are listening that are really trying to develop their career, like it's critical to make sure they're cutting out some time to go network out in Atlanta? Well, I tell Either. you, for me, you know, made me want to right. hop on a train and go down to Atlanta. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> yeah, you should be on the commercial for Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I work at the Kings. So I'm from Atlanta. So it's like, yeah. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I feel, I truly feel like it's a few places that influence the culture. And especially when it comes to the hip hop community, you can go to Miami, you can go to New York, you can go to Houston, you can go to Chicago, you can go to, um, 
DC. Um, you can go to LA. You know, I don't outside of those pockets, it's 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 hit and miss. You know what I'm saying? Um that everybody has their own little diverse cultures. Um, you can go to New Orleans, that's another one. Um outside of those pockets, and I might be missing one or two more, but I doubt it. Um Atlanta is someplace you you if you you want to get it's like trying out um for for uh, a G League or something, you know, this is where I go. You know what I'm saying? To get seen. This is where they're going to, or mm-hmm. Vegas, this is where I want to go if I want to do a, uh, what they call it, a residency. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, that's where, they, that's where it's at. So if I want to eventually do a residency, let me go there. Let me meet the people there. Let me find a, pro- so if I want to do hip hop, urban music, I'm going to go to Atlanta or, one, or New York. You know what I'm saying? Or LA. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where everybody's right. at creating. You know what I'm right. saying? And in terms of black music and, and black culture in general, I feel like in Atlanta, it's also just so potent. Like this, like black culture there is dominant in a way that you don't really feel it in many other places. I mean, like you're saying, it's super welcoming to like black culture and like black music. For sure. For sure. It's definitely um, a lot of hate and controversy too, though. Don't don't get it twisted. Yeah. It ain't, yeah, it ain't yeah, yeah. everything ain't what it, it ain't sweet. So I think a lot of people uh, see, uh, come from a lot of different places and they feel like, Oh man, everybody gets along in Atlanta. They really support each other. You got people who so really support each other, but it's not easy. You have to mm-hmm. show and prove. Like it took me a long time to get to this point. I've been at this since 2008. Mm-hmm. Really hard. And I've been known over the time, but I'm just now getting respect over a decade later because I stayed consistent. It's kind of like earning your stripes. So when they see you earn your stripes or you come up with something really special, they're going to rally behind you and they're going to respect you because they've seen your journey just like anybody else. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, speaking of journey, at what point in the journey did you feel like it made sense to start Authentic Empire? Like what what kind of went into that decision um, to do it? What was kind of like your vision for it in the beginning versus what it is right now? Just kind of take me on that, that journey with you. Uh, well, I started Authentic Empire I, I was at a point in my career where I thought, thought about giving up on music. I had I hit that breaking point. Um, I had a partner of mine uh, named Miguel uh, who we did the Nene with. Me and him did the Nene together. And um, it just stopped being fun for me. It was really, really stressful. Um, I was, I felt like I hit a roadblock. I couldn't grow. Um, and I was just like, I'm tired of it, you know, let me do something else. Maybe I want to continue to consult artists on the side, but I, I want to figure something else out. And then uh, he gave me a phone call because I, I I connected a relationship with him with an attorney that ended up getting him a million dollar deal. You know what I'm saying? With the person that I connected him with. And it was like, we got to involve Boom because we wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for him. And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. And he had me want to manage this kid named Ray Dub. And I was like, I meet him and uh, he drove by and shot me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he literally did a drive by and was shooting. You know what I'm saying? So when I say shoot me, he was just riding by and he was like, boo, 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 boo. And I'm like, and I'd never met him before in my life. And I was like, nah, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he flew me out to LA and uh, we talked. No, first he flew me out to New York and then, um, 
we ran, we started running through some labels with him and he got my juices back flowing. It was like, okay, I'm, it felt, it felt like I was alive again. And, um, he introduced me to Dooney and, um, you know, we created the company Lights Global. He already had it, but we all became partners in it. We did the Juju on the Beat. Uh, we did me and my friends. Uh, I signed Telly Tales to the label. Had the little Fuck It Up record. Ah, Fuck It Up. Ah, I don't know if you... Um, yeah, yeah. I helped <laughs> sign, Sing sign it again, bro. Punk. We got to hear you louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we did some amazing things. Then we got a, uh, a label situation at Warner. Well, when the label situation happened at Warner and I got my juices back in the game, um, we started bumping a lot, a lot of head button with a lot of different people about percentages and splits. And, and I was just like, you know what? I done been down this road. This isn't the part that I signed up for. It's not fun. Uh, I'm gonna let y'all have it. And I, and then that's when I decided, decided to do my own thing, uh, with Authentic Empire. But how Authentic Empire came about was it was a client of mine who I had did a consult for. And a, and a childhood friend, uh, he wanted to be involved in music. And I just said, uh, let, let's not spend so much. Let's make some money in music. How about let's get on that side? And he was like, I'm, I'm down with that. And, um, we had to figure out a name. He said, well, I already created this company called Authentic Empire. I said, that's it. I said, let's do it. And so, um, I had this six foot six white kid named Noah Sharp who came in and did an interview with me and he was incredible. You know what I'm saying? Had 400 followers, a piece of delivery boy, but sounded like Drake. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I had an, uh, another guy uh, of mine who I had bought cars from. His name was uh, Cash. And um, he wanted to he wanted to get in music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I was he was like, I got some money to invest if you want to do some stuff. And so I hit up Dread. I said, let's make some money. I got cash. We got an investor. Let's go. And that's how Authentic Empire kind of started. That's amazing. Um, and I mean, it seems like it's only continued to, to grow. You've grown right. your roster and been able to, to do really amazing things with the roster. Right. And um, Can you talk about like, I mean, we'll even just start there with finding talent. Like, obviously, I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. the kind of compounding and your love for information mm-hmm. and uh, like the, the network in Atlanta. Like from your perspective, what are the most important things that you focus on when you try to keep your finger on the pulse of like what's about to be popping off next? Who you want to sign? Well, I'm a I'm a tell you the the secret sauce with me. I'm one of the few and rare people that I don't have to find something that's popping. I know how to make it pop. Mm. I come from a promoter background. Mm-hmm. I'm a marketer by trade. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like Diddy. I can find something that I know and that I feel like has potential to grow, and mm-hmm. I got an ear for music. So because I'm from the culture and I know when somebody has that ick factor and I know when somebody has a dope record. Um, I just been doing it so long. It's, it's a gift. Um, and I think a lot of people, for some people, it's just a gift. It's not nothing you work at. It's just like LeBron James. That's just a gift. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If he works at it, he becomes legend. You know what I'm saying? Legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, when it comes to finding artists and cultivating artists and knowing what to do, it's a gift. It's like what you guys do with your uh, podcast. Everybody mm-hmm. can't talk. Everybody can't get on here and, and, and you know, express themselves correctly. It's going to be a lot of people that stutter and, you know, do things over and over and they have to work at it. But it's some people mm-hmm. who that's, it's natural. Man, I, I grew up talking to people. I grew up, you know, personality. Some things are just gifted and we all are given a gift. 
And I think this is just one of mine, knowing how to promote, knowing how to market, knowing how to find talent, knowing how to uh, know what to work and what won't work, knowing what's not cultural and what is cultural. So it's just a gift, man. And, and it's a talent. And I thank God for it every day. And um, I don't think it's one of those things you just you can work at it. But I think that's where the people who works at it, they kind of miss. They hit a miss. Yeah. It's not something that they're born with. For sure. Thousand percent. I love that. And I think, too, I mean, it's real interesting on the side of being able to, like, find people that you feel have true raw potential. And I think, A, there's something beautiful about that, because I think a lot of the music industry has just started to shift towards, like, signing people that don't even make music, but are popping on Instagram. And they're like, please just make a song so we can monetize your audience. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that yeah. you really focus on the merit and quality of the music and really seeing that that kind of leading yeah. with the, the ear and the belief first in that in that vein. I know it's it's also like interesting, like working with like really trying to groom artists. I know people always mm-hmm. talk about how the music industry is yeah, like part. all their money <laughs> off the like the top one percent. And it's like a, like you're, the, the business runs off like one home run. You gotta get like right. you strike out a, a fair amount and then um are just building on, on this. And I think we are seeing a shift towards more power and more earning ability for mid-tier artists, which I think is beautiful. And I think it's just going to give more power back to the, the music industry mm-hmm. and, and artists as a whole. With that said, when, when you're thinking about trying to get these artists to bubble up and, and really build some momentum around them, like where are the areas you're focusing on? I'm, I'm, for me, it's like, is the artist a superstar or do they have a high record? It's strategy. You know, um, do they have a strong internet presence? Do they have a strong street presence? Um, and 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 it's kind of developing, man. Like, uh, I think the biggest thing with artists is they're playing lottery. A lot of them play the lottery. They're treating it like a lottery. You, and, and in essence, when I say treat it like a lottery is, I'm going to throw some money at, at it and hope it works. Nobody is coming into it like, well, I can say nobody, but a majority of people isn't coming into it like, I'm going to build a career. Hey, right now I have a thousand followers or I have a thousand fans. By the end of the month, I'm trying to get 3000 fans, real fans that really rocks and supports me and buys my music and, you know, and develop it over time and say, okay, cool. People are trying to pop in three months instead of saying, Hey, let me compound and build a fan base over three years. Now I have a real fan base. I've done this. I've done photo shoots. I've done, I've dropped singles and every time I do something, I build on top of the next time I did it. You get where I'm coming from? Where it's like, okay, cool. I dropped this video. I got 5,000 views. The next video, I'm going a, I'm to a work a little harder, find the ins and outs, the nooks and crannies to help me get 10,000 views. I'm going to build up my subscriber base. You know, just the little detailed things that artists should do to continue to build a fan base and people would then spread it by word of mouth and be like, hey, he has something really dope. I like what he's doing. And then also investing in their self. A lot of artists don't want to invest in their self. They want to wait on somebody else to invest in it. That's why they want to play, spend a little bit of money and get a lot. They're, they're playing the lottery. So that's the problem. They're not cultivating their talents and, and, and developing it correctly and expanding their fan base. Like I say in business, the number one job for an entrepreneur is to get money every day. The number one job for an artist is to build fans. <laughs> it's like, what's an artist with no fans? So they're looking at, let me get a deal or let me sign to this label. It's like, what about building your fan base? How many fans do you have? You like, hey, man, I'm trying to tell you. They want you to believe in them, right? They're so busy trying to sell you on belief. Man, sell me on the facts. 
you know, show me what you're willing to put in. You understand where right. I'm coming from? Right. I think that's something that when I worked in management, I ran into a lot. People would say, um, I'm looking for management, but I feel like you ain't got nothing to manage. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> like, no, you're looking for what, a handout. <laughs> right. Like what, what's going on that you need help like managing, you know, and by the time you need help managing, someone has probably already reached out to you to be your manager, you know, at least for management. Um, Label could be a little bit different depending on who you're trying to sign to, but management is already such an early investment that when if you're asking for management, then you probably don't need it yet. You know what, what I mean? What they should be asking for is, I need some consulting. I need to enlightenment, education. Mm-hmm. Can you teach me what it is that I need to know about the business? See, they, they're really, when they're asking for management, they're, mean, they're really saying, I need a handout. I need you to believe in me and, and help me get there. Find somebody to put some money behind me. No, why don't you say, invest in yourself and get some education. Because it's, if you want a career, people go to college for four or six, eight years and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a career. You want to spend a thousand, two or nothing and want to have a million dollar career. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to spend no money, but you want people to pay you. Like, right. in what world does that happen? You get what you give. So I totally get it. Right. And I feel like, you know, I don't think people are necessarily thinking about that, you know, 15 to 20% that they'd have to give up immediately. You know, like how how far can you get without giving that up immediately? At some point, it will be an equal value exchange. You know, is it right now? And is that person, can that person really give you that equal value exchange right now for you? You know, right. So, you know, we know you work with, you know, a few distributors. Um, we know the people of Vidya, you know, the people of Vidya. So I guess we want to ask you like, what, what does a company like Vidya, what type of value does it bring to you and your organization? And they, they really, so shout out to Cheech, shout out to Roy, shout out to, um, Mark. I love the relationship I have with Vidya. Um, they really provide a real tech support to what we do. You know what I'm saying? So on the technical side, um, they help us a lot. And on the distribution side, they help us a lot. Um, video is one of those places where if you're doing really well, they'll even help fund what you're doing. Um, Roy, building a relationship with Roy is where he's about empowering entrepreneurs and, and businesses and being a part of the entrepreneurs. Like if you got a label, there's they're a really good place to, to build a good relationship with and get some support to start your business. Mm. Um, on a, on a, on a, um, on a, just a business side, they allow you to be whatever you want to be. You want to be the distributor, you be the distributor. We'll support you. You know what I'm saying? You need tech, we'll surprise, we'll, we'll have, have all your back office stuff together. We'll help you with your accounting stuff. We'll help you with your payout stuff. So they're really dope when it comes to that. And I, and I really value the relationship there because I've been able to do so much through them so far. You know what I'm saying? I think they're one of my strongest partners in the business right now. So. Uh, it's a it's a really good working relationship, you know what I mean. So, you know, video is pretty dope. I like that. That's awesome. Uh, I love that, and I do feel like that is a. Uh, I mean, with the right partner in place, can definitely help take things to the next level. Um, right. I'm curious to dive into some more specific stories of like artist development. Like, I know one one of my favorite artists on your roster is Fujiano, and it, it feels like he's definitely yeah been, yeah for sure i'm sorry to hear about what happened recently and, and hope for the best there um mm-hmm. in that vein like what's up with the like when you think about that like i mean that ascent was great i know there were a lot of big moments a lot of big records a lot of big remixes but 
I'm sure for your point too, that was really just a matter of compounding. Um, can you speak to the, like the different elements or different kind of like big inflection points in his journey that, that you feel were like big takeaways or good lessons for other people to hear? He put it out on the line. So I signed Fugiano because he seen what we were doing and he seen our process process. Um, he first, I, I didn't even know who he was until he did our showcase. So we had this showcase called an Indy King Showcase. Um, right now, we're about to do the fifth annual Indy King Show. Well, the fifth Indy King Showcase, not even annual. Uh, but we did, we don't, we're about to do the fifth one. Um, he was the first one. I, I said I was going to give away. The winner was going to get 10000 in a record deal. He believed in it so much because he went through our other process where we have this thing called a live review. And on a live review, artists submit their song. If they win the live review, I give them a cash reward. As I started out with 500, end up going to 10,000, you know, um, where you can submit a song on Saturdays. Like right now, we have it where I'm giving away 5,000 every Saturday. So you submit your song, the, the artist with the best song, at the end of the review, we rank them from zero to 10. We give away a cash prize. It's $5,000. Well, he won one of them. Then he came in and... um. He had a consultation meeting. And when he had a consultation meeting with David Clinton, Clinton said, man, you need to sign up for the showcase. I'm telling you, you're crazy. And he's one of our, he was one of our ARs at the time. He's over our distribution right now. Um, he signed up for the showcase, spent his last little bit of money, had $25 to his pocket. He won. Um, um, when I tell you it was magic, you knew it was special when he, when he performed, you knew it. It was like, he's a star. Like the whole club was singing. He was dancing, doing his little right. jam. You know, he was swagged out. He was a star, you know. And um, the artists, our artists, our roster artists, which was Euro Got It, uh, Gabriel Averitz, um, Jeezy Escobar, and Drama J, who was one of our DJs at the time, they voted for him to win because they're the ones who picked the winner of each right. um, of each showcase because I want to make sure, hey, you're cool with this person being your label mate. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to just pick it. I don't pick no artist. My whole staff picks the artist. So they picked him to win. And we shot the video out in Greensboro in his hometown. And the support he had there was crazy. And it was it's just been history after that. I think another one of the major moments is when we was doing the label runs and uh, we was in Atlanta right. and he was rapping in Julie Julie's ear. <laughs> and the thing the whole time, it was like he was giving it to her like he was like a hip hop James Brown. It was it was amazing. <laughs> it was funny. It was crazy. And uh, obviously, right after that, they was like, he's a star. We love him. And they gave us a multi-million dollar deal. Um, that was a special moment. And then when Gucci called, uh, Gucci called right after that and uh, was like, man, you, boom, you did an amazing deal. I just heard about it. I want to say congratulations. I love what y'all doing. I think he's a star. And I was like, we got to get you involved. <laughs> like He was like, I would love to. I put Fujian on the, on the phone. And Fujiano was like, I am 1017. I'm the new 1017. Like, I am 1017. Cause Gucci had recently made a post saying he was going to give a million dollars to the next artist that joined, right. the, joined the label. So I talked to Craig and I was like, hey, man, we got to find a way to involve Gucci. He was like, I already got a situation with Gucci. That's that's a no brainer. And um, it was it was magic. Gucci started promoting and doing stuff and treated Gucci, treating Fujiano like a son. You feel me? And and I love the relationship because it helped me out where I, he had a bigger idol. His idol was somebody he was signed to and, and a role model to him and was able to, 
you know, cultivate him and help him grow as an artist. It kind of hyperspeeded it, yeah. uh, really. So I love that. No, I mean, that's first of all, amazing story. Um, I'd love to to hear how all that happens and, and what's going to continue to happen there. In that vein, uh, like one thing to highlight too, I mean, it, it, just the Gucci co-sign, like Gucci mm-hmm. calling, like even for me, I definitely heard Fujiano first off the new 1017 like compilation projects. Right. Um, co-signs, it needs to come organically. You can't really manufacture that, like, right? Like I'm curious from your perspective because that carries a lot of weight and can really help open a lot of doors. So like, how can people get cosigned? Is it just networking, compounding, or are there like different things you could be really intentional about in order to manifest stuff? I mean, like I, mean I so listen, I say this all the time. I I work, like I tell people I never work for money, right? Mm. I work for my purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose, on purpose. I nothing is never coincidental with me. <laughs> you get mm-hmm. where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah I yeah. have a plan for what I'm trying to do. You, mm-hmm. you get where I'm coming from? So getting features and vouchers is a part of my secret sauce. Like, that's my sauce. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm a firm believer that everything is about proper introductions. If you have a proper introduction, a person will pay attention to what you're introducing them to, and they will be the judge for themselves whether they want to rock with it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm big on getting features. Now, when I get a feature, I want to shoot a video with the feature. Because what happens is it's it makes it easier. It's the cheat code. So if I see little baby standing next to Fujiano, I might not know who Fujiano is, but I'm a little baby fan. And I love everything little baby does. And I see man pop up on my playlist, Fujiano and little baby. I'm like, OK, I don't know Fujiano. But I want to hear what Lil Baby talking about. And then I see that Lil Baby, um, Fujano is going crazy just as hard as Lil Baby, if not harder. Then I'm going to instantly become a fan. It's kind of like what happened with uh, Euro Got It when we started with Euro Got It. I did, mm-hmm. We did this record called Posse featuring Lil Baby with Euro Got It. And it went crazy because it was introducing Euro Got It to Lil Baby's fans. You feel me? And they was like, oh, my God, who is this dude? And then Roddy Rich became a fan. And when Roddy Rich became a fan, Roddy Rich got in the studio with Euro Got It. You see what I'm saying? So, and it was the right marketing and promotion because we, it was, because we did the song and the visual. It was mm-hmm. introduced properly to the, uh, to the hip-hop community because I want you to look at it like this. If somebody knocks at your door, right, and you don't know who they is, you're not going to let them in, right? But if your dad or your brother or your your partner knocks at your door and they got me with them, you're going to be like, the energy is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I was the same person knocking at your door, but now that I'm with you, it's like, hey, the energy is different. It's like, hey, you with my you with my partner. Let You want something to drink? You want some milk? You're good. Nice to meet mm-hmm. you. The energy is different. Come on in. So right. you got so many independent artists that's knocking at the hip-hop door and they like, I don't, why do I give a damn about you? Bye, I'm good. Hey, and they say, look, I'm a dope artist. Hey, look at me. And they're like, well, I'm still on Lil Baby. Why should I listen to you? I don't care. But if you come in with Lil Baby, now I feel differently and I'm going to give you a shot to introduce yourself. And if it's impactful, then it sticks with me. And now, I be- now we become like, oh, I'm rocking with bro. Right, right. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. And great metaphor for that too. 
Um, I guess we kind of close out here. One thing that we usually tell people on the business side of things, in addition to get to know your peers, because those are the people that you come up with. And I think you've kind of exemplified that in your story is get a mentor. So I'm wondering um, on the music side, you just said, you know, Gucci kind of took Fujiano under his wing. How important Mm -hmm. do you think that mentorship is creatively? Because we always talk about it on the business side. I had one, you know, Sam's had one or few. So, you know, what does that look like creatively and what, and what does that importance look like? We've also seen it with like, you know, rest in peace, pop smoke with 50 cent. We've seen it Drake under Lil Wayne. Um, is that something that you think is important for, for artists to try to find in, in the beginning of the creative pursuits? Man, mentorship is extremely important. Um, most, and I started preaching this three years ago, as an artist, you're self-employed, you're a business. You're self-employed. You're a specialist. You're self-employed. Um, finding people who've been there before you will help you. That's why I'm big on consultants and meetings and scheduled meetings. Come sit down with me. Let me let me mentor you. Let me consult you on the proper ways to do this. That way, you're not throwing things at a wall and hope it sticks. Um, I'm really big on on mentorships. And if you can't find one, I read books. Like books are my mentors. I didn't have no mentors. I had to read. I had to pay. I had to pay attorneys, you know, twenty five hundred just to get information out of them, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. learn for myself. So that's the reason why I started what I'm doing on the services side of, of my my business, where I consult artists, because I wanted to be that person that I didn't have for myself. You know, a lot of people don't understand why I do it. I don't have to do this. I do it because I've been an independent artist. And I know what the struggle is like. I know how hard it is. I know what it's like when you're walking into the blind and nobody's there to help teach you and show you the correct way. And you might not have the funds. You might not have the money. Um, And you just Mm -hmm. want an opportunity. So I think mentorship, your business is very important. I think you should attack your weaknesses, whatever it is. Um, If it's financing, attack that. Get you some money. Get you some Mm -hmm. money and then invest it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't run around here begging. Um, because people as a business, they want to see value. If they don't see value, you know, it doesn't matter because you can have all the talent in the world, right? But I don't know you as a person. I don't know your character. So if I see you created a fan base on your own or even just a little bit, you know, streams, I did a video, I invested in myself. It shows a lot about your character and it makes another person want to work with you. So I think mentorship is, is, is a necessary, it's a must. Yeah. Big facts. Well, boom, you've been a, a message to our listeners today, man. So, so very grateful for you pulling up, man. Thank Keep you. up the great work. Uh, really Thank grateful you. to have you on, man. Peace and love. Appreciate Thank you. you, guys. All right, man. We'll catch you on the flip side. I'm sure. Man, really enjoyed that episode. Boom has tons of wisdom. Super grateful he's able to share it with us on the podcast today. Um, really loved that thought with regards to compounding critical to think about don't think that this shit happens overnight the the more conversations you're in the more value you prove that you're able to bring the more karma and things that come back to you i I think i've seen that very much happen in my own career and i'm starting to um like even just as we've gradually at knox started to work with bigger and bigger artists it's interesting because now when we're working with the bigger artists helping them run their socials like there's a lot more eyes on those artists and then those managers are hitting up their manager like yo like what happened with your socials now they're hitting us up like on the smaller artists yeah we can help people like bubble up it's a slower process and it goes right back to compounding but even in in for us like now 
it, it's creating and we're unlocking this level of compounding, which has been exciting to see. So really that, that point definitely kind of resonates with a lot of the work I do. What stood out to you, Jordan? Um, one thing that I've been trying to do recently is read more in general and just consume more information about the things that I'm excited about and the work that I do. And I think that he validated that thought for me by saying in the beginning of the episode, uh, he's a dog with information. Um, I think that people don't do that enough. I mean, I've, I've, I've brought it up a few times on the podcast, just how like getting and consuming information about the things that you want to be innovative in is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely drove it home. So that was one of the things that I thought was, uh, was super dope about the episode. Um, another thing that I, that I really liked was the metaphors that he brought up. I thought like when he talked about, uh, you know, showing up at someone's door and you don't know that person and showing up to that, showing up to that person's door with their brother or their father and what that feels like. And, you know, they invite you in at that point, they give you something to drink um, and it definitely drove home not only what networking is like, but what what having good relationships should be like, um, having those people that can open those doors from you. Um, and, and that metaphor that kind of illustrated that in a, in a much more uh, in a much more literal way. So um, I thought the episode it straight up sounded like an OG talking the whole time. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's got a lot of great experience. And, um, I'm you know, I'm glad that people people made it to the outro you know i'm glad they listen to us right now that means you listen to the whole thing congratulations boom is tight <laughs> yeah that's right and if you haven't already like you said video incredible partner incredible platform if you're looking to distribute your music and want a partner that has relationships lots of the top platforms whether it's spotify apple music or even some of the different social platforms facebook music videos um pretzel rocks which is a plug-in audio library for twitch gamers i think that the list goes on so i think uh definitely be sure to check out you can apply at video.com slash mbp that's vydia.com slash mbp so there you have it we appreciate y'all for tuning in we'll be back next week until then we out